and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. Nick likes to say wild ass shit right before he hits the record button. Well, folks, Ashley just took a sip of my cold brew um, and she hasn't had coffee in over a month. And, 41 days. And she was saying, oh, now? 42 start, days. Start that timer over. You just took two sips. I need a boost. Go make yourself one. If you took this t- two sips out of this, go ahead. I'll, I'll vamp. Go. Okay. Go tell ahead. the people what we've been up to. No, that's what the whole podcast <laughs> is about. Could you hurry this up, please? Thank you. All right, folks. It's my time. It never is just old Nikki time, but it is right now. Um, so basically, Ashley... Uh, has to work late this afternoon normally ashley lives a very very laissez-faire life uh um <laughs> and uh, emphasis on the lazy uh and is that where lazy lazy comes from probably right laissez-faire maybe. maybe she said maybe but uh she actually has to pitch a few um ideas for 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 a certain network uh and uh she needs some caffeine folks she was not anti-caffeine through this entire 30-day cleanse that has moved into 41 days. Um, as you know, basically mainlining tea. That's not true. She would have a couple a day. Uh, but way less caffeine consumption than normal. Um, and now she's got to do some work. She's a little tired. This shit popped up right before we started recording. As you guys know, now we record Monday afternoons for a Tuesday morning release. So, you know, Monday afternoon, man, you're dragging ass sometimes. Not me. I work all day. You know, I work all day. And then I do this podcast. And and listen to me. Million bucks, huh? That's right. As a matter of fact, I just made a million bucks for this podcast. Um, that's not true at all. Okay, Ashley's coming back. But right before this podcast, Ashley was like, you know what? I, I think I need some coffee. And I was like, huh? And she was like, I need coffee. I think I'm going to do coffee. I'm like, well, have a coffee if you're going to maybe after the show or... You know, you sure you want to do this? And she just grabbed my coffee and started sipping on it like like a fiend. It's so good. So uh, I was like, you know what? Go ahead and make your own coffee. It's um, not a full coffee. This is more of a sugary coffee drink is what I've made. I've taken like a third. And this is in a small glass, like a juice glass. I have a third uh, coconut milk, like actual coconut milk, not like... Um, the stuff you get in a jug like almond milk but you know like a can of coconut milk you would cook with you know like the weird stuff thick and creamy and then a third of like a creamer a non-dairy creamer that we have in the house that is so full of sugar it's also coconut flavor (laughs) and then a third of iced coffee this is so good have a sip of mine i have one ash i've been drinking coffee this whole time yep 42 days, no coffee, no anything, and I'm breaking it today. It's It got weird. I was going out and meeting friends over the weekend, and they're like, you're still not drinking? You're still on that 30-day cleanse? And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually on day 40. Um, I have a hard time quitting things once they start going well, but I do need a boost of energy, and I'm a little teed out. So I'll just have some coffee and see what happens. So now that you're doing coffee, do you have any rules on coffee? Not after Sorry, noon. Sorry, I was chewing on a piece of ice. Not after 1 p.m. Not after noon or 1 p.m. Okay, so not after noon <laughs> or 1 p.m. Uh, it is 4.52 Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, but I have a lot to do tonight. I'm going to be up late. Okay. Um, Man, you are going to be up late, by the way. Yeah, I'm going to be up late. Sometimes a good book will keep you up all night. Yeah. A friggin' cold brew? Imagine. Um, I won't so- have to imagine. I'll be the one suffering tonight when Ashley's like, I just can't sleep. 
I can't sleep when I you never, turn the fan off. I don't do that to you. you. Can you please? And let's be real. You've passed out on the couch hours before. You're not in the bed. Uh-uh. I don't fall asleep on the couch. You do. Just like last night after we watched Jasper Mall. Was that last night? That's right. Nick and I watched two movies Should this I, week. I think it was two nights ago. We watched a documentary. We watched a movie in the theater. We went to the theater. The theater. We watched Survivor. We almost started a new Survivor season. We got a bug up our ass and we're like, is tonight the night we start a new Survivor season? Yeah, but we didn't. We, we didn't watched really a doc instead. We decided that we needed to watch some movies and we watched an old movie about an old mall. Um, which I guess we could talk about Jas- Jasper Mall. Is there, Jasper any, is, there mall. Any, is there any sort of things we have to get out of the way up front? Uh, we could talk about our lives. We could talk about the Renaissance Fair. We went to oh, a we Renaissance Fair. Oh, we went to a Renaissance Fair. Fair this weekend. That's pretty important. I want to give a shout out to my friend Safiso, who listens to the podcast and convinced me not to quit it this week. Thank you so much. There you go. <laughs> Ashley's always teetering. I'm always like, I think I'm about to quit the pod. And she was like, I like it. I listen to it. And I was like, well, guess I'm not going to quit this week. It's all that counts is one person telling you that they like it. Yeah, I had friends in town. That was fun. Went out and did stuff. Um, life is just shockingly back to normal for, I would say, 90% of the population. And I'm just going with it. I am way more tired by social interactions, though, than I was like in 2019. That's COVID. You have COVID. No, I can't. Like Saturday, Nick and I went out Friday night. And we went and we saw an old friend who was in town. We got dinner. She's Saatchi. like 80. She's old, folks. Uh, no, Sachi, you've been on this podcast a long time ago. My former podcasting partner. Our friend Sach. We got dinner with her. We went out and had some drinks. And then Saturday we woke up. We went to a Renaissance festival. We were at a Renaissance festival all day. Sunday, I couldn't do shit. Well, Two days of activity and I'm I'm done. Let's back it up to that party because we went to and we got dinner first. We went yes. to a, a Thai restaurant that we had never been to before called Ginger Grass in Los Feliz. It's pretty damn good. Delicious. I really enjoyed. It was probably the best Thai I've had, and Absolutely. I keep saying that every time I have Thai. I've had Thai three different places, three different times. Each one has been better. Uh, we ordered from a place once when we first moved here. Yeah. Um, and it was fine. Yeah. Uh, and then we went out because we didn't talk about this either. We had a big night out the previous Friday because we didn't do a podcast last week. We oh, you're right. And we went out and we uh, we actually went to a uh, like a, a, a the down the L.A. downtown market. What the hell is it? Yeah, our two friends took us on like a tour of downtown L.A. We went to a giant bookstore called the Last Bookstore, which if you're familiar with the Strand in New York, it kind of had that sort of vibe, like multiple floors. Very big, used books, new books, an eclectic feel. Just kind of like it had that indie bookstore spirit, but was the size of a Barnes and Noble, which I love to see. And then we went to, I guess it was called like the the market, the LA market, I think was the name of it. But it was a bunch of indoor vendors, restaurants. It had used to have been a farmer's market at some point. But now like all of the different booths were different restaurants and you could order and then go sit around. They had like a cafeteria um, style seating in the back and then a back patio, which is what we went on. And we got Thai food, um, Nick and I. We had an incredible meal, both of us. Yeah, the Thai food was really, really good. And that's why I was saying, I was like, oh, I remember uh, 
saying like this is this is definitely the best Thai food I've had in LA definitely yeah then we go to this place last Friday this week, place, one week later yeah this place Gingergrass three nights ago four nights ago that was hands down the best and I just had some basically pad thai i mean the noodles i had were they look like ramen noodles they, almost yes yeah they were super thin and i really liked it it looked good i almost like don't want to have pad thai noodles anymore right because you can like get those this, like little angel hair super kind of soft teeny tiny noodles i don't know why yeah. i had salmon on like coke like salmon on a bed of coconut curry black rice delicious and we shared like a couple of rolls and some like wok fried cauliflower beforehand yeah, and the wok fried, fried cauliflower <laughs> the wok fried cauliflower so good i think that's one of the best meals we've had in la it was very very good i'm constantly judging la's food scene which is has been less than thrilling in my opinion i didn't realize new york was i knew new york was good I just didn't realize how hard New York was knocking it out of the park until we came to L.A. I kind of thought like all major cities would have like a great culinary sort of. Um, Listen, as far as I'm concerned, OK, New York eateries. Yeah. The food in New York. Yeah. Is incredible. Incredible. Now, the food in L.A. Really, really good. It's pretty good. Almost incredible. Oh, uh, well, we I haven't mean, been everywhere. But it's incredible. I mean, what it, meals have you had that were incredible? And you can't count Disney. If you think that the food in New York and the food in L.A. is really, really good, may I suggest going to a supermarket? They have everything. What the hell are you trying to say? I'm Nick? just saying it's just like all of this, like, oh, the food here and the food there. It's like you go to a goddamn Kroger. You can get all this Spit shit it there. out. Yeah, but I can't cook it. Yeah, you can. Am I, Get a am I a chef? No. Have I been trained in the culinary arts? No. That's why I patron. I go to these places. I'm a patron. I eat their food. I keep them in business. What's the best meal you've had in L.A.? Um, There's a few meals that we just keep having over and over again. Yeah, really but good. I'm saying the best. Like Dune is not the best. Too bready. Hands I like down. it. It's not the best. Too bready. Next. <laughs> Home state, it's good. It's not the best. You can't say that's the best. I like best. it. I like it. Mexican, I like it. What else? Um, Gingergrass, the place we went on Friday. That's for the best we've well, had. We went out to a couple places. There's a place by our apartment called Alacqua. That's not that it's great. Good. Yeah, it's it fine. It's fine. What are, you, what are you looking for? I'm looking for my socks to be blown off, babe. I want to put a morsel of food in my mouth and How go, whoa, that's a flavor sushi? explosion. Okay, star sushi is good. Is it better than taka? Yeah. You think? I think it's on board with taka. It's on board with a sushi place in Asbury Park. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm not trying to be a complainer. Listen, I got like are, a big lesson this week, by the way. I was listening to a podcast that I like. And these two broads just were complaining the whole time. And I was like, oh, my God, they sound like boomers. Like, they sound like get off my lawn people. And I was like, I have to make it a point in my daily life not to complain. But here's the thing. I don't get how do you express an opinion <laughs> without complaining? How do I say the food in L.A. is not you that great? You know what? It's good. It's just like really not for me. You say it's not good. For it's me. good. It's just not for me. I also think you should be able to get a decent veggie burger for under fifteen dollars. 
Where That's are you, all. Where are you getting expensive veggie burgers? Uh, the Morrison. Their crap-ass veggie burger. Hey, listen, how about uh, Shake Shack? That's good. That's pretty good, but that's fast food. That's also a New York staple. And that's New York. That's a New York. Oh, that's a New York. Hey, did we talk about walking in the park and going by the old abandoned zoo? That's another thing that we did last week. This is great. We take one week off, and we have so many things to discuss. Are you sure we didn't talk about it? I don't think we did. The dead guy? I don't think we talked about the dead. You shouldn't refer to him as the dead guy, babe. It was a human person. Well, the dead dog as well. The dog was alive. The dog was alive yeah, when they found the him? Yeah, that's the twist. The dog stayed with oh, them the whole time. Oh, I thought time. the dog was dead by that no, time. No, the dog stayed. Well, we should. this makes it great. Uh, no, well, none not of it great. is great. That's wrong. That's a wrong way to express. But when I heard that the dog had stayed there the whole time, I assumed that the dog was dead too, but uh, not the case. So that makes it great. I'll explain what we're talking about right now. And uh, Ashley took me to this uh, hike in Griffith Park that is by an old abandoned zoo. They kind of keep the cages up, I guess, for posterity. I don't know why, but like an old zoo in tiny little cages. There was, yeah, there was once an L.A. County zoo in this park, and it's just still there. I don't think they kept it up for any other reason besides no one tore it down. I think it's just like no one used that area. And so, but now it's probably been like grandfathered into some sort of historical society. But yeah, the cages are small pretty shocking it's crazy looking it is really crazy looking you're just walking down a path in this beautiful park and, and then you all can of a sudden kind of like go in the cages yeah i did not i've seen children children young adults playing in the cages <laughs> yeah. uh, well that's where children belong in, in cages. cages the this time we walked around to the front of it which i because i've gone twice once but uh, with a friend and then i would need it to take nick I thought he would vlog it. I was like, this is prime vlogging material. But he he was just trying to lose himself in the moment, which you got to respect. Sometimes I just do not want to vlog. That happened when we went to the Ren Fair. We'll talk about that in a second. So, but we walked around to the front of the, these zoos and it was like all of these like fake rock facades to make it look sort of like crumbling cliffs that I guess they had shows in. The animals would come out and do a show maybe. I don't know. It was pretty. It's eerie. Tigers come out, sing a song. Baboons come out, do a little dance. Somebody's doing a soft shoe in there. It's it's eerie, but it is also kind of neat just to see this aban- these abandoned structures. But then we walked around. We just went on a path, and we really like went for it. Nick yeah. and I had something to prove that day to each other. We, we got, really. We, got up, we went up to a t- on a tiny little path. We really veered off up. the path. Like we were on the main path, then we veered off into the woods, and then we just kept going and going, and we were having a great time. Nick was getting sweaty; he couldn't breathe. I couldn't <laughs> breathe. What? <laughs> Why are you saying that? I could breathe. Um, but it was uh, it was it was kind of like spooky and scary, but also exciting and exhilarating. And uh, when we came back, we realized that they uh, had just found a dead guy over there. Like the next day, he was there while we were there. The dead guy. That there is. were pictures of him, a missing person, that were throughout the park when we were there. Yes. And then I think two days later, after we went up there, they found his body. Rest in peace. He was a walker on in the park. And this is like, this is a urban ass park. Like this is surrounded by highways and there's tons of people there. It's hard to think someone could get lost in this park, but he did what we did. He went off the main path and he they think he fell and they think that he 
died pretty much on impact. And then his dog just stayed there with him until they found his body. Mm. Anyway, this podcast is now a true crime podcast. That's no. not a true crime. It's just sad. You know, the idea that that dog hung around is sweet. But also, it's like, don't you, don't you wish the dog would have just went and got help? Like kind Lassie? of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cat wouldn't have done that. Cat would have left. My grandma was, I was talking to my grandma yesterday on the phone, and she said that she had a new movie, bit of movie trivia, that the woman who sings the wonderful song in the motion picture Snake Pit played <laughs> the, Timmy's mom in Lassie. Couldn't get any more roles singing in movies, so she what played the hell is Timmy's snake mom. Pit? Don't know, don't know. I've seen like two episodes of Lassie, but then I told her, I said, you know, Lassie. Here's my little bit of uh, um, trivia for Lassie is like, uh, you know, Lassie. You, you you watch that show, you're like, Lassie never ages. There's like 500 Lassies. They just kept dying. Really? I'm is that pretty true? sure. Yes, I'm pretty sure. You're pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that there's like a lot of Lassies. What about the Brady Bunch dog? Did that happen too? Yeah. He Lassie like, was the 50s though. Brady Bunch was the 70s. Well, the Brady Bunch dog was like not a trained dog. I think he ran into traffic and then they just never replaced him. And you just saw his like um, dog house in the backyard. Yeah, he's out there. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's that dog's name? I don't I forgot, remember. I forgot the name of it. You know, you saying... Is, the is, old people out there are yelling right now at, the, <laughs> at their uh, friggin' uh, radio. Is the kid in... Lassie named Timmy. Yes, Timmy oh, got stuck in a well. Interesting. That's, the whole, that's that whole ref. I thought that was just like an improv, like reference. No, that's what it is. It's like it's because uh, Timmy would get in trouble. Lassie yeah. would be by his side, and he'd run. What and is get it, help. Lassie? Yeah. Timmy stuck in the well. Yeah, um, but there is that thing in improv where it's like, don't say Timmy ever. Never name a well, young no, boy Timmy. No, no one was Timmy. ever really named Timmy. That's a myth that there you was think? a Timmy. There was never a Bobby. There had to be. There a was Timmy. never a Bobby Sue. I'll tell you that. There's definitely a Bobby, and there's definitely a Tommy. Now, was there a Biddy? I don't know. Say that again. A Biddy. What the hell is Biddy? Like a Timmy, but a Bin Bimmy Biddy. We have other real things to talk about, right? Do you think we bummed everybody out about the dog who's still alive? <laughs> I mean, you should be rejoicing. The dog lived. I hope the dog's in a good home. Um, we do have other things to discuss. The Renaissance Fair. I dragged Nick to a renaissance fair against his will it's not necessarily true it, it is what? true he fought me every step of the <laughs> no. way leading day up of? to it day of i fought you almost pretty babe sure. you were teetering he pretty was sure walking that got line the, got in the damn car and went he was moaning he was groaning and he was walking that line i knew he was moments away from being like that's it i'm out you could just see it on his face. Well, yeah, if you would have made any wrong moves, of yeah, course I, I would have had some leverage. Walking on eggshells, trying to find a way to get his ass there. Because I knew once he got there, he would settle out. And that's kind of what happened. Settle in. Settle in. <laughs> so, well, I guess we were outside and it was yeah, old timey. You settled out. Ashley has a friend who invited her uh, and myself to the rent fair, which happens apparently, I guess, like every weekend or something now I think in we're LA. in like a, yeah, we're in a month, like, it's like two months where it happens every weekend and Pretty it wild. just started. So, and it's about a half hour away from our apartment. Um, and, I mean, this was, from what I could tell, friends invited this person, this person invited us. Right. I vaguely 
know this person yeah don't know the friends of this person at all right so and i, I know like, the fr- i know this person but i vaguely know the friends right and and i um i just was like you know a ren fair is something i'd really like to share with some people i'd be comfortable making fun of it with may i invite a friend ashley said no nay nay right she said nay nay no friends because no friends. what will happen is you we will get caught talking to our closer friends and then we won't be able to stay with the group that we're with that will divide the groups i said damn it that sucks you made a point fine you didn't say that well, you put up a big <laughs> no i didn't i just was like all right fine i can't invite anybody so i didn't uh resigned myself to going also record heat in LA that's not true but like it's been like 65 to 80 for the past month two months um pretty much right in the middle of that around 75 this whole week was 100 degrees and it was fucking hot folks we may not be here in the summer I don't know how we're gonna cope luckily our apartment's shady and nice but man is it hot in the sun uh Saturday no different um so I just knew it was gonna be super hot so I just didn't, I don't know. I'm not really interested in rent fairs. I'm not interested in that. I don't have interest in those time period. <laughs> I don't like the aesthetic. I'm not interested in like that type of fantasy movie or fiction or any of that stuff. Um, I don't like swords. I mean, at the very base of a guy who goes to a rent fair, he's got to be pretty intrigued by a sword. I don't care about a sword. You don't like Robin Hood? Not really, no. You don't like warlocks? No, you're getting closer, which is something that I will talk about in a second, but I want to set the stage first. I'd like to say before you move on that I was 100% in my element, and I'm actually thankful I've never gone to a Renaissance fair before, because if I had gone at a younger age, I would have gotten too into it. Yeah. Like, I have enough distance now where I'm like, I can appreciate it. If I had gone when I was like 13, it would have been my whole identity for a while. Okay, continue. So... Then we get there, and uh, it's really hot, and we show up. We didn't dress up. I would say that we were part of about, I would say 25% of the people there were not dressed. I'd say less. Yeah, it could be more like 10 to 15. Yeah. But enough that I didn't, there was enough people there yeah. that I didn't feel odd. I didn't feel you know odd either, I mean? but I definitely noticed how few of us were. Yeah. There were. I mean, there's definitely a knee-jerk reaction as you walk in and be like, should I buy a hat and just put it on? Yes. You know, we were trying to get Ashley one of those little green uh, Peter Pan hats yep. uh, slash Robin Hood hats with the feather in it. I need that. Um, that's going to be her uh, Ren Fair cosplay character is definitely the f- uh, Robin Hood the fox from the Disney. Uh-huh. 100%. Um, I can't wait. So went there, realized that it's way more. I mean, I mean, it really is a fair in that like. It's like a flea market. It, it is like a, it's a shopping experience. A lot of booths are merchants. It's mostly merchants. And then there's some food. And then if you time it right, you could see a demonstration or a show. So right in the middle of them, of it all was kind of like the food alley where they had turkey legs, artichoke hearts. Um, root beer floats. Root beer That's floats. What we <laughs> and then I would say there were, I think I spotted four stages so like throughout there's four different stages where things were happening on the stage every now and then you would pass someone playing music i saw like two different groups of people playing music um there were like some comedy magic-y jestery stuff going on yeah 
occasionally there would just be like a giant tent that was like a performance tent. Like there was this one tent we walked by where just like the queen and the king were just sitting in their chair and their royal court was there. And so it just like was to look like an actual Renaissance fair where like royalty would be in this big, nice tent watching people walk by. Um, There was some like, like, renaissance-like rides so they had like a maypole ride they had these giant swings where people would push you they had then this isn't renaissance at all they had a um what's the thing where you slide down what's that called you know what i'm talking about oh a zip line they had a zip line they had a whole jousting thing with yeah. horses but what's we the missed best the jousting way, what's the best way to lose a finger in some gears and and rope it would probably be a zip line at a rent fair right i mean jesus christ these people doing the zip line at a fucking renaissance fair there was a hundred dollar pass for the zip line where if you spend a hundred dollars you could ride unlimited rides for the day oh yeah <laughs> keep doing that you increase your odds of something going wrong it's great um, um yeah. yeah lots of different things happening on stage there was like a couple of different comedy acts there was like a straight up just jester type guy who was juggling and stuff. There was another guy who was doing, um, he had like a skeleton puppet and he was telling Renaissance jokes. Then we saw like a, a one man show of the telling of Romeo and Juliet. And then there was, we an, didn't stick around for any of this. Shit. We didn't stick it around. Like, we just, it was too hot watched it in to, passing. To, to stand in one spot in the heat. It was, I will say that also, and here we go. So I wanted, I wanted to invite friends, right? Yeah. I couldn't invite friends. Remember that? We go there. I was waiting and, for this. And as soon as we get there, our contact, our friend, uh, was like, hey, the friends that invited me are like up this way. So let's keep moving this way. That just kept happening for about an hour um, until like we, we wound up by the food. We didn't really stop to look at anything because we were kind of being kind of rushed along a bit to, to, to meet up with this other group. And then we get to the food area, and Ashley and I are like, we're hot as fuck and starving. Let's get a root beer float. Hell yeah. And so we got, like, massive root beer floats, and we were, like, eating those like little babies. Um, And then, like, sort of linked up with this other group of people that were in, like, complete full garb. Yeah. But also, like, possibly working for the Ren Fair. Like, they knew a guy who worked at the Ren Fair. We don't know, and we'll never know, because... We never really linked up with them. <laughs> they were like laying on the ground and then like we were sitting at a table like normal people and then our friend was like, hey, they're laying on the ground over there in direct sunlight. You guys want to go over there? And we're like, we're going to keep walking. And so we just kept walking until like it got so hot that Ashley started to pass out and then we were like, okay, we have to go now. I started to get that headache that no, that means you've had too much sun. We were also with another couple that my friend had invited. So like my friend was the satellite of this main group and then like we were a satellite of my friend with this other couple. So we ended up just hanging out with this other couple the pretty much the entire day and they were cool. They were nice. They were just yeah. like us. They were they just, were like, just us. like we yeah. got invited to this thing and we said yes yeah. and we're not dressed up and we don't know what's going on and we were like fine that yeah. works for us as well so we did that until we were both parties were like man it's a little hot we're going home yes and uh, ashley had to use the bathroom and there was these like porta potties in direct sunlight after all <laughs> these people like taking their chain mail off to take a shit and we were like let's find a target and so we went to leave and of course like when we got into the place there was uh, 
75 people like on horseback with flags on motorized carts with signs being like park this way park this way turn left they're like showing us how to park in the spaces and like there were like little arrows and directions and lights when we got out there was not a soul out there to help us and there was like 600,000 more cars there than when we got in and Ashley and I could not find our car we were parked in a field and we had a general idea of where the car was, but we didn't really like know how far in, of, in the back we were. Like we didn't know how many more people had come and filled it up. And since it was in a field, it didn't have any markings. You know, like if you go to a parking deck, there's something on a column that says like 3A. So you know you're on the third floor in the A section. There was nothing like that. This was just a giant field of like geeks cars and we walked around for like 20 minutes before we found the car and i really thought i thought nick was gonna pass out he looked bad he oh, really did you did <laughs> not me we went to target we're on a, we keep going to target because i broke the head off of nick's robin action toy by accident Action figure whatever it fell off the fridge and his head snapped and so now we just have this headless Robin like constantly sitting on our coffee table. Can we throw that away? No, you got to super glue it now because we can't find it in stores. Oh, that's right. I'm going to ask Natalie if I can use her super glue. Um, can't find it in stores. It's I did, out. It's gone. I did a vlog when I bought these. So they are sentimental to me. My, own, my first and only probably ever unboxing video I ever did. If you're interested, it's over there on my vlog. And uh, they are the retro 60s uh, Batman the TV show figures. Um, they are very cool. They're cool. Just because yeah. like, they look just like the figures and they're cool. I got a yeah. Batman and a Robin and a Joker. And that was pretty much fine for me. I wasn't going to go any deeper on this line. Um, and then Ashley dropped my Robin and his head snapped off. And now I'm like, well, there was 10,000 of them the last time I looked in Target. Let's look now. None. They've moved on to like the second wave and third wave of this uh toy so now there's just riddlers and then there's like batman in swim trunks yeah bermuda bermuda shorts then there is batman and the riddler and the joker i've seen in boxing trunks and boxing gloves but like they're i must have not seen any of the episodes of the show because these are clearly all like famous episodes where like they have the boxing trunks pulled up over their like superhero outfits so it's just like they put on boxing trunks like over there like mm. even the joker uh, mm. has like boxing trunks so it's just very stupid i don't want them <laughs> all i want is my damn regular ass robin can't find them and uh so it's like uh, i guess i'm gonna have to order it online hey listener next time you're in target go to the collectible session collectible section see if you can find this robin let me know. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. And I will I will pay for it. I will pay for shipping. And I will also pay you a $5 thank you fee for finding okay. this and sending it to us. It would be awesome if you could do that. I mean, if we just, if I'd just find them on a website and they'll be like pretty much regular price. Um, Whatever. Listener, I'm asking you. I'm pleading with you. Nick keeps bringing up this headless Robin. Well, you know, it's here. You broke it, you know. Um. They do have like uh, the Catwoman though, which I do, I'd love I do to want see the Catwoman. I do want that Catwoman. She's woman. the best. It's not in stores yet, or at least I couldn't find, but uh, pretty good. Okay, let's talk about Jasper the Mall, Jasper Mall. Sure. So this is a documentary. Nick and I decided we were going to watch a documentary. There was a time period about three months ago when we were like, let's have a documentary night. Once a week, we'll watch a documentary. Folks, we never did it. Not once. So when Nick was like, can we watch a documentary tonight? I was fully on board. 
But then came the hard part, really came the taxing, the struggle of trying to find what documentary are we going to watch. There's so many out there, so many things begging for our attention, interesting subjects. And honestly, I don't know shit about the genre, so I don't know what's good. I don't know what has gotten, you know, a lot of attention, critical attention. I don't know. I'm just guessing based on subject matter. So we narrowed it down to three documentaries that we were interested in. One was called Jasper Mall about a dying mall in Jasper, Alabama. One was about rare books, the the buying and selling of rare books in New York City. And one was just like about Dungeons and Dragons. I don't really remember. It was like the art of. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I guess it was going to be like a retrospective maybe. So we decided to watch the Jasper, Jasper Mall. I actually have a series about mall workers coming out at the end of the month um, that I wrote a rom-com series. And so I'm very much in the space of malls, in the headspace of malls. So, and don't worry, I will plug it on the pod because I want you to listen and leave a review about how much you love it. It's called Mall Brats. It's going to be great. Anyway, so I'm in the headspace of malls. And we, um, Nick just likes malls in general. So we put this doc on and we watched it. I enjoyed it. Nick did start looking at wrestling toys about 45 minutes in on his uh, laptop. So I don't know if he liked it or not. Um, I thought that it didn't have to be as long as it was. I think I got the point a little bit. Well, this is what I felt like I walked away with like an idea from it. And I think you walked away with nostalgia. No, I walked away with the idea that it was sad. It's sad that malls are closing. That's all. I mean, that's basically what the point of it is. It's like malls are closing because of the way the world works now. And it's sad because look at all these people that love malls. (laughs) The mall workers, the mall walkers. Now, what I thought was interesting about it was that it really highlighted the communities that are built inside of malls like even in this empty mall where like they don't have their two anchor stores their jc penny and their kmart both left their only anchor store left is a belks um like every other store is closed they don't have any anybody making food subway closed no food even in this dead mall moments away from being shuttered completely there's still a sense of community there are still people meeting there there are still people getting out Um, seeing and being seen and it made me reflect on just the idea of community in general in our current state in America what is community where do people gather with strangers now target target you're kind of in and out though there's something kind of rambly about the mall you would hang out in the mall you wouldn't necessarily buy thing buy anything I used to go to the mall all the time and not buy anything So I just kind of was reflecting on what space do we have, a public space that people can go to and feel like they're a part of their community. I don't know what it is. Well, you know, I think it actually has to do with more of like rural America. I mean, it really does. Because if you go over to the Glendale, uh, whatever it is, the Americana, that's not even a good example. That's the outdoor one. But the Galleria, which is just a big-ass indoor mall, man, it is popping. You know that. Yeah, I was thinking about that. It's popping that. like it was when I was a kid. That mall is popping, and the mall that we went to, we've gone to a couple of times with my dad in Charlotte. That mall is popping. So I do think it's like more affluent areas, and I agree with you. Rural communities are really struck by this mall death syndrome because even south point in north carolina there's usually people there 
Um, yeah, that's like a rollicking mall. And those exist. They really do. But, you know, we spend a lot of time in New Jersey and we went to a bunch of malls there. And, you know, there was that mall that has the CPK that we went to a couple of times, um, which is like a, the Hoity Toity Mall. Yeah. Uh, the Short Hills Mall. Is that the one? Is that the one where we went for my birthday? I think so. Yeah. And uh, that has some people in it because it has really high end stuff inside. Right. Like there's it's like it's kind of like how the Americana is. There's a Tesla store. There's and a stuff Lord like and Taylor. That. So there's like a lot of, um, you know, high end shopping that people that I think, you know, sort of commute back and forth from New York City who live up there, they, they can go. So it doesn't seem dead, although it was never packed. It was time never. Yeah. They also had like a very nice like food court that had like a real bar and stuff that, that people were like eating at. And never like, ate there, but no, love the idea. But it, it looked like they had like invested in this mall yeah and so people were coming to it possibly yeah you don't think so no i do i do i was just thinking about something else i would make if i nick is alluding to the fact that i made a face at him yeah you made like a really (laughs) no that was actually it had nothing to do with what you were saying (laughs) because then the mall that was closest to us when we were living in new jersey was a mall called Eaton Town Mall, and that mall sucks. It's and half empty. It's half empty, like Jasper Mall. Um, there are food cut court options. It seems like f- the food court is actually one of the only things that is actually rocking and rolling at that mall. And they have a Macy's that's still they open. They have a Macy's that's still open that, like, man, there's nobody ever in, though. Every they time I walk through, locker, there's They have a Foot Locker and a Journeys. I can, but I, I'd like to get back to my original point, which is that, like, communal spaces in rural areas specifically because you're right it is it is the rural areas that are more affected are really suffering like i don't know where else people go to just hang out and be around strangers or people in their community the only other thing i have in my life that is like that is kind of disney like i feel like disneyland is sort of a mall in that type of environment where it's about all different types of people who are there and you're just kind of in the same space together. Costs you two hundred dollars to get in the door, though. Right. So it's not this. It's not the mall. It's not the mall. But yeah. I'm saying it's the only thing that I have in my life that I, I see is similar to the mall. Well, you know, a watering hole. You go to the Morrison out in the you know, which is a a, a bar restaurant in our neighborhood. Like, no more oh, bar restaurant. Bar restaurant doesn't count because children are not going to be there. Teenagers are not going to be there. Tons of kids there. No, I'm thinking like. No, you don't have to argue with me to make this sound interesting. You just have to listen to my point and then reflect on it and see if you can add to it. I'm thinking maybe the only place in New Jersey (laughs) would be a bar is not the same Uh as the mall. Coffee Ashley's back. (laughs) Coffee Ashley is back. A bar is to say a watering hole is that is not what the point. Hide your fiancés. She's back. Maybe Six Flags has that in New Jersey. Like, what other spaces are like that? You just can't compare a theme park to a mall. They're two different things. What I'm trying to say is that we have become a increasingly more isolated society. We're all staying in our homes. We're ordering. The ease of ordering, the ease of the internet has made us uh, a little bit more homebound and then ultimately a little bit more controllable. What does the government like? People in their house. What does the government not like? People gathering, okay? Talking about their lives, talking about injustices. And that is my TED Talk for today. Oh, I appreciate that. Is the our malls being shut down a government conspiracy? No. But is the cultural movement to be more of an inside people a government thing? Possibly.
Did the government create Amazon? Maybe. Hey, talk about some of the people that we saw in this mall. Um, the mall in the well, movie? Yeah, Jasper Mall. I mean, there's a star. Right. Okay. So we follow around the security guard who was incredible. He had a little bit of an Australian accent. Took us a while to pick up on that. We were both, both of us were just kind of like, this is a distinct uh, type of Southern accent maybe, or maybe there's a speech impediment going on, but we're, we're pretty sure it's Australian. He is the security guard slash manager slash head janitor. He completely took care of the mall, totally devoted to the mall, used to have his own private zoo. This was not revealed to us until later in the movie, and it just made everything about this guy completely lock into place. He had a Joe Exotic look. You know what I mean? Bleached hair, tan, weathered skin made sense. My favorite part of the mall were the old people. Gotta love the old people. Specifically, a group of four men who played dominoes with each other. They would sit there and play dominoes. And we got to meet each of them in different ways. One of them told bad jokes, was really hogging the camera time, always trying to tell a joke to the camera. One of them um, told us that he had been, he had died. He had been pronounced dead three times. He was fun watching him try and navigate his smartphone. He struggled. He ended up calling people he didn't mean to call. Um, there was one young person. Well, there's a couple young person. There was one young person who worked for the mall, who worked for this main guy. And he just seemed to be like, I like being here. I'm saving up money to go on another cruise. I go on a lot of cruises. We saw a woman get the worst haircut of all time at a great clips. Her friend was giving her a cut and she was doing like an undercut, like a shave. And her friend just totally butchered her shave. I mean, folks, this was probably for me the highlight of this film. It Nick was, loved this. It was unbelievable uh, because she wants she points to a book and says, "Give me this." And then the girl who is her friend who's cutting her hair is like, "You got it." Uh, then starts chatting, uh, shows um, this girl like, "Here's what I did to your head, just like you asked." And the and the girl's like, "Hmm, is that straight?" And the girl's like, yeah, it's very straight. And she's like, I don't know, maybe... And the camera like slowly zooms yeah. in to reveal... <laughs> it's the least straight thing you've ever seen. It's like the worst job you'll ever see. It's so lopsided. And then uh, she tries to fix it. And then later, you know, she's like, oh, this is great. And then the camera once again zooms in on the back of her head. And it's still lopsided. It's bad. Um, it's pretty great. I, I, I do enjoy that. And then those those two girls had like a conversation about like, I got to get out of this town and see the world. Um, yeah, later in the day, they were sitting outside smoking cigarettes in the dark outside of the mall talking about how they wish that they could leave that town. And then the one of them was like, well, you, you know, you got to get married and have a baby. Like, you got to do that. That's what you got to do with your life, which was like interesting. Like, no matter what, that has to happen. I thought it was the girl who got the undercut. Did you hear her? This was a moment that was completely brushed over, not addressed. When she was sat down to get her hair cut and they were chatting, she said, I miss hanging out with you. And she the other that, girl yeah. didn't respond to it. Yeah. So it was interesting. You kind of saw like community, but also like fr a fractured sense of community as well. There ended up being like a big county fair where everyone kind of went to this county fair in the mall's parking lot. And we met a high school couple, an interracial high school couple, who talked about their struggles dating in Alabama. I ended up really liking the girl, who I didn't think I was going to like. But then at the end of the movie, you kind of, or the documentary, you kind of see how her life has panned out. 
and school's ending and what her plans are for college and stuff. And she just came across as really likable. Yeah, they did a good job of honing in on certain characters. We're running up uh, on the end of this podcast. We should talk about the good movie we watched. Yes. this I think that that counted as a good movie. It wasn't a good movie. You don't think no, that was a good movie? No, it was movie? like a Vice would be something I would watch on like Vice's YouTube channel. And it was, once again, a half hour too long than it needed to be, just like the movie we're about to talk about. We saw a movie in the theater last week called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I went with some friends on Wednesday night at the Grove in L.A., and I had a great time, completely got lost in the movie, came back and said to Nick, we got to go see this movie tomorrow. Everybody's talking about it. I want you to see it. I want you to experience it. And he said, um, okay, babe, I'm in. And now here's my disclaimer for you, podcast listener. I went into this movie, everything, everywhere, all at once with really almost no information. I didn't know what the movie was about. I knew the genre of the movie, but that was it. I didn't know anything else. And I'm thankful for that because I really got sort of swept away into the movie and really taken on a ride. Now, if you think you will see this movie and you want to have that exact same experience, then go ahead Stop this podcast now because we are going to talk about spoilers in this movie. It still is in theaters. If you're going to go see it, stop the podcast. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. After you see the movie, come back and listen to our thoughts on it. But I just wanted to go ahead and give you that disclaimer before we begin talking about the movie right now. Okay. Everything Everywhere All at Once is a sci-fi movie about a middle-aged woman and her family, uh, specifically her husband, her daughter, and her father who has just come from China to live with her because he is in poor health. She owns a laundromat. Her and her husband own a laundromat. They live above it and they are stressed. They are unhappy people. They're going through a lot of problems. They seem to argue quite a lot. And the husband, in the beginning, we see that he has um, he has gotten divorce papers. He wants to divorce his wife. And we kind of learn throughout the movie that this is a, a, a really a last-ditch effort to save their marriage. He thinks that maybe he can, he can bring her into reality, sort of slap some sense into her by serving her these papers. But we don't really get to that because on their way, to the IRS offices because they are going under an extreme audit by none other than Jamie Lee Curtis playing the character of a lifetime. Gosh, I loved this role. Would love to play this character. Um, just really great belly work. All Everything about Jamie Lee's character was incredible. While they're in the elevator to go, something strange happens. And this, the woman, the middle-aged woman, our protagonist, gets pulled into a multi-dimension war. She learns that all of these different realities that involve different parts of her life, her possible life, every time she made a decision, created a new reality. So there are, you know, countless versions of her in this multi-universe universe. And they are all at war. Because there is a darkness that is coming and destroying every universe one by one. And she is roped in to fight it. And it takes us on an incredible comedic journey. First and foremost, lots of gags. Lots of philosophy. Lots of philosophical talk. Lots of sort of deep ideas being discussed. Lots of fun outfits. 
and um, just a lot of cool, cool fight scenes. My mom, what up, mom? I'm sure, I hope you're listening. She was kind of like put off, I think, a little bit by the combination of so much violence and comedy. I think that that combo like left her a little uneasy. I enjoyed the fight scenes. I thought they were really well choreographed and I really liked the comedy. Uh, Some people did not like the gags. I'm not talking about my mom. I'm talking about some of our friends who expressed distaste over a couple of scenes that I thought were hilarious. Overall, I thought it was a great movie. Definitely worth seeing twice in a row. Definitely worth seeing on the big screen. Um, I thought it was interesting when I took Nick just to get his opinion on it. When we left, I was just so curious, like what would stand out to him? And he said it was a lot like Airplane which was something that I had missed. I, ha- I hadn't fully realized that. I-, I didn't understand the movie in that context. And I thought that that was a very interesting take because it made me see it as a different movie than I had previously. Had you ever seen Airplane? I have seen Airplane, yeah, a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, it's Airplane's just gag after gag after gag. This movie's kind of like that. Um, there's a movie called Kung Pao Entered the Fist. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like Airplane if it was like a martial arts movie. Okay. Which is kind of like this movie. Kind of like this movie. Yeah. And that movie is such on a lower tier as far as like things that are essential to watch. Yeah. This would be like bottom tier. And uh, this movie that we watched uh, that we're talking about now, what is it called? Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. That's top tier. Yeah. Um, the guy from Kung Pao is named Steve Odekirk. And he made a whole bunch of movies um, that went straight to VHS um, where maybe you remember if walking in like a blockbuster or something, but like Thumb Wars instead of Star Wars and like Thumb, Thumbkenstein. And like, it was just like a thumb if it was like the thumb parodies of movies. Yeah. That Steve Odekirk also co-wrote Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, wow. In the writer's room of... Uh, in Living Color with Jim Carrey. Wow. And he made a movie called Kung Pao Under the Fist, which is just like a send-up of like old martial arts movies, but he's like a white guy. I feel like I've heard of this movie. I think it, I might have seen parts of it. That was his big movie, um, and then never did. He never really did anything else. Did he um, have anything to do with Pootie Tang? I don't think so, but that movie, no, that's a Louis C.K. joint. Oh, through, okay. through, written and directed, I believe. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, this movie is a fantastic movie. My favorite movie I've seen in a very long time. Um, well, I guess my favorite movie I've seen since the last movie I saw, which was Jackass Forever, which was also really good. <laughs> I, the only movies I've seen in the theaters recently have been like really great movies. Um, and uh, I just really enjoyed it. I didn't have any problem with the jokes. I thought the, the funny parts were my favorite parts of the movie. I personally, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched SNL last week uh, or whatever, but um, there was a a music video about a short-ass movie. That's me. I need something short. There was a false ending in this movie that came in about an hour and ten or something like that. To me, the movie could have ended 15 minutes later and it would have been a perfect movie. Instead, it ended like 40 minutes later. And for about 25 minutes maybe even a half hour, I was definitely antsy in my seat. Like, okay, let's get to the next portion of this because I did feel like there was a stretch that was just a bit repetitive. Mm. The repetitive nature was part of the story. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I kind of felt like they couldn't move on to the next point because they were dealing with time and they just kept going back to certain things and, 
it was really good and that stuff in there was good, but nothing was accomplished in that 25 minutes that I did not enjoy that they could have just cut and then just got me out of there half hour early. That's a big thing for me. Yeah. If I'm in the theater and I'm starting to get tired and I'm starting to go, I don't want to look at my watch, but maybe I do. You're losing me big time and it's going to drop a letter grade um, as far as the movie goes. So I actually didn't, I, I would say, I would say with, if it was, a, if it was as short as I wanted it to be, this movie would be a, a solid A. Yeah. Um, not an A plus, a solid A, A minus. I would say it's a solid B plus because it was just a little too long. Um, and that's it. I enjoyed it. Ashley seemed to have gotten a lot more out of it, like philosophically and like maybe things that can, it actually, it feels like it, it has reminded her of certain things that she should be thinking about in life and not thinking about it too. Cause it's very much a live your life, live in the moment and, and don't, don't think about the regrets that you've had. And, um, you seemed pretty moved by that. I was. I'm always affected by that message. Yeah. I learn it over and over again. You live that. Well, that's what I say I do. But I would say that I recognize that that's ha what's happening on screen. And I don't go, finally, another thing to remind me. Man, we really just got to live in the moment. I go, here's a, here's a movie about living in the moment. Like well, it doesn't seep into me as like, as like a... a day altering i won't say life altering but like a day altering thing like i don't leave movies like that that have like a like a like a giant message or something a powerful movie where i'm i'm actively thinking ab about how this applies to my life and like how i can go forward with this i really don't it's something different about you and i i do feel like you you have the tendency to really go all in on on certain ethos when you leave the theater it's not like it's necessarily teaching me the same lesson that I've learned before, but it's giving me insight on a lesson I already know that allows me to view it from a new perspective. And then that helps me understand it on a deeper level. So for example, I know we should live in the moment. Like that is a lesson I feel like I'm learning all of the time, every day, right? That it's like, that is a something that we're all aware of. Um, but this movie in particular, I thought did a great job of showing how thinking about past decisions or thinking about possible other lives or, you know, spending your time in that space of, oh, I could have been this, I could have done this, how that fractures um, a sense of self and how that derives you, uh, deprives you of living in the moment. So it gave me like, it, 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 it gives me the lesson, but at a different vantage point than I've seen before. And then that just really makes everything like a little bit more robust um, and gives me a fuller appreciation of the concept. Because really the idea of like living in the moment, you should live in the moment. I mean, that is such a flat idea to me at this point. So giving me another context to put it in and another way to apply it to my life, I am endlessly thankful for. And that's really what I walked away from with this movie is uh, a new way of sort of understanding an old truth. Um, and I agree with Nick. I would trim about 15 minutes, maybe, maybe 20. I had a couple of friends in this movie. It was very fun to see people from my book club on the big screen, babe. I've never gone and seen a motion picture movie and seen people I know 
and and email with and talk to and been in their homes on the big screen. So that was very exciting for me. These guys who directed this, they do they come from a do you know where they come from? No, I don't know they, anything about the movie. They have a history of directing music videos. So I feel like that makes a lot of sense for me in terms of a lot of times these scenes felt like individual scenes almost. They there was a music video quality to this cinematic world I that mean, they, they created. They, I think I'm pretty sure the budget wasn't that big. They made this thing look so good, so I mean, good. You know, the we read a New York New New Yorker uh, review of this that was not good, tore it apart, um, and uh, it basically said that this uh, movie was kowtowing and pandering to uh, what they have to, the baseline of uh, cinema-going people, which is Marvel and superhero movie fans. Yeah, they made it sound like, this critic for The New Yorker made it sound like this was the director's attempt at auditioning for a Marvel directing role in the future. Right, and that like, uh, if there was less action, there would be room for more story, basically, which I found to be absolutely ridiculous. It also seemed like a... This article was written a while ago. It yeah. seemed like this writer was trying to like get out in front and be like, I'm going to be the person that pans this movie, and then I'm going to be like the article everybody shares around. And from what I can tell, everybody just loves this movie. I think it has like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, I don't know. Not 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 a not a not a good look for the new yorker yeah. guy also i've been told i don't read new yorker reviews like another guy ever have read a, rev, a movie review from the new yorker but i've been told they don't like fun well this i think that his point was like we should learn more about the audit which is like huh no one wants to know, right. care more about the audit yeah it was pretty stupid my mom went to see it i asked her to go see it on the big screen i do think that this is a movie you gotta see in theaters um, and I enjoyed talking with her afterwards. She said, this is something I found interesting. She said that like no one in her theater laughed really, except for like one guy who laughed a bunch. And I thought that was so interesting because when I saw it the first time, my theater laughed nonstop. It felt like they were laughing at the gags all the time. And then when we saw it, I felt like our theater laughed, like there was laughter. Not the same as for me the first time I went because that was like a packed theater. Um, but what do you... It's interesting to watch that for me to think of someone watching that movie and not laughing at all because there's I think so some many audiences jokes. aren't that interested in laughing out loud. Is that what's going on? Yeah. Gosh, I really loved it. You know what? I'd love for you to go see it and I'd love for you to give this podcast a five star review. Yeah, we're still asking for it. We haven't quit the pod yet. Doesn't that but just earn know, us a five star review? Every episode you listen to. One of us is ready to quit. All right. <laughs> Just know that. Doesn't that earn us a five star review? At the beginning of this episode, it was Ashley. Towards the end, it's me. <laughs> we flip flop. We flip flop. One day we'll get on the same page and then it'll be Sayonara, Reality Blows. But until then, until then, thank you for listening. We appreciate you. Goodbye. Bye.